I'm Jonathan Capehart, and this is Cape Up. The movie The United States vs. Billie Holiday is the incredible story of the FBI's effort to keep jazz great Billie Holiday from singing Strange Fruit, her signature song about lynching. Director Lee Daniels presents a gripping drama that shows Holiday in all her glory and tragedy. And singer Andra Day gives a stellar performance so convincing you'd think you're watching Lady Day herself. In this Washington Post Live conversation originally conducted on February 17th, Daniels Day and I talk about the parallels between events from 80 years ago and today, how the film deals with the swirl of racism, sexism, addiction, and abuse that are central to its storyline, and why Andra Day believes there would have been no civil rights movement were it not for Billie Holiday. Hear why right now. Good afternoon. I'm Jonathan Capehart, opinion writer for The Washington Post. Welcome to Washington Post Live. The United States versus Billie Holiday is the incredible story of the FBI's effort efforts to keep jazz great Billie Holiday from singing Strange Fruit, her signature song about lynching. Director Lee Daniels presents a gripping drama that shows Holiday in all her glory and tragedy. And Andra Day gives a stellar performance so convincing you'd think you were watching Lady Day herself. And that's why I am thrilled and honored to welcome Lee Daniels and Andra Day to Washington Post Live. Thank you both very much for being here. Jonathan, good to see you again, forever. I know, it's been a very long time. Great to see you again. Both of you, congratulations on this film. The moment I saw it, I immediately sent a letter to y'all saying, okay, here are all your options. I need to talk to you about this film. Lee, let me start, let me start with you. Hey, hey. <laughs> morning. So as we saw in the in the opening clip, the, the film tackles pretty much everything, racism, sexism, addiction, art, abuse. And I'm wondering, Lee, how did you come to this project and what influenced your approach to Billie Holiday's life? Uh, Susan Laurie Parks, the Pulitzer winning, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, uh, sent me this beautiful script that uh, really depicts the, the government breaking her down, coming for her, coming for Billie Holiday and, and really trying to cripple her. Uh, as an artist for singing Strange Fruit, which was about lynching black people. And uh, that wasn't the understanding of Billie Holiday that I had. I thought that she was a troubled jazz singer that got in trouble with the law and, you know, uh, did drugs and was fashionable. I didn't know that she was a political activist. And so, and I, you know, I pride myself in being smart about our history. And I thought to myself that I, if I don't do this, I don't know. I mean, I, I had to do this. I had to do it. And um, I thought also, like, how many other stories about our people have, have they, has, have been hidden? So, yeah, that was one of the reasons. And so, and so right. And I, I'm going to latch on to what you just said before, which was you thought of Billie Holiday as a jazz singer. Um, but you didn't really know that she was an activist. What what more did she do other than being defiant about trying to sing Strange Fruit despite government uh, opposition and, and government targeting? 
Uh, what other things did she do that made you realize that she's she's more than just Lady Day? What other things she did besides stand up to the government? <laughs> like that's a lot to stand up to. I couldn't. I don't know that I could. Even today, I don't think that I could. They told me, Lee, you can never make a movie again, or I'm coming for your mother. I'm going to come for your kids, and you will. I'm like, take it. Take it. But there was something about her strength and her being born in the into the world that she was being born in, and mm-hmm. had been born. She didn't give she didn't give two flying you know what's because she <laughs> uh, she had nothing to lose mm-hmm. by right. living in her constantly. Yeah. Andrew, let me let me bring I, you in here. I saw I, your interview. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just wanted to piggyback off of that, too. I mean, I think what Lee shows so brilliantly in the movie is that a part of what she did in standing up to the government was being human, right? She's a Black queer woman in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Um, and that living in that and owning that in itself is, is, is defiance. Then add to that that she's integrating audiences. I mean, this is one of the first artists, a Black woman, to integrate Carnegie Hall. She wasn't the first, but she was one of the first. So she was integrating audiences. And I don't think people understand this is sort of pre the, the, the real reinvigorated civil rights as we know it. And so we wouldn't have, I, I, our heroes would not have been as emboldened as they were, you know, Thurgood Marshall and the like on down to, you know, Rosa Parks on down, if it were not for her singing Strange Fruit in defiance of the government, if it were not for setting off this alarm in the nation and letting people know that it's that this was wrong. So I, people have to really, really understand how much her doing that emboldened the civil rights leaders we know of today, you know, as as our great civil rights leaders. So, and him showing her in all of her human elements is is that's that's defiance all in itself, you know. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm proud of what he did in this work. Yeah, that so, part. John. Go ahead, Lee. <laughs> You know what's what's so great about the um, about the the comment you just made is that it is so it was so laden with facts and history and deep knowledge of Billie Holiday and I watched your interview on CBS Sunday Morning where you you said you read everything you could possibly read about Billie Holiday everything, watched everything, listened to everything, and whatever you could, you carried all, a lot of that information in this beat up shopping bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of it. <laughs> There's other pieces in other parts of my room in my closet, but yeah, <laughs> that's a good portion of it. <laughs> well, and, and so in all, the, in all of that studying, um, when it came to learning about Billie Holiday, did you come to a different, um, even clearer understanding in the way that Lee did of this woman who the country simply just knows as Billie Holiday, um, an extraordinary jazz singer? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it wasn't different. It was just deeper. You know what I mean? It was deeper. It was more solidified. It became more crystallized. I knew just from being a fan of her work, and she is my foremost inspiration. That's where Day comes from in my artist name. Um, and so I knew uh, a lot about the government going after her. I did not know about the Jimmy Fletcher piece. That was revelatory for me. But it just deepened everything because 
I knew they went after her. I did not know the extent to which they went after her. I, like I said, I didn't know the Jimmy Fletcher piece. It's infiltrating everything, infiltrating her weaknesses, her strengths, infiltrating her heart, her her chosen family, you know, and 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 uh, and with the goal of destroying her. And then when you think, right, it all came together when I remembered. Oh yeah, you know, once we did all of this, and I see what Lee's put together, it's like yeah, she was doing all of this pre civil rights. There was not a movement to support her, and I cannot stress that enough. It was not that she had this whole great, you know, community and this movement and this 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 sort of army behind her. It was just her and her broad woman's shoulders and I think that um you know when you think about that or you think that like you know her community people loved her but she would also be penalized you know the NAACP sort of wrote these violation cards about behavior and you know and then Lee puts it so beautifully in the movie about you know this reporter asking why don't you just behave be more like you know Ella Fitzgerald or more like mm -hmm. this person so I, I think what it really made me realize was first of all it made me just love her and be so grateful to God for her and for her and to her made me realize my own strength as a black woman. Um, and it just it just made me realize what we are capable of as people. And, and the fact that she was doing all of this, um, with all of this trauma, with all of this pain, with all of this loss, that she was still, you know, um, victorious, you know, that's, mm -hmm. so it made me realize that her addiction isn't, it's an illness, you know, this, how could this woman have done all of this without some type of battery in her back, right? I think it, manifests differently in our lives, but she was just trying to be, as we've said before, Lee and I, she's trying to be healthy. She's trying to be well, mm -hmm. you know, so um, it just deepened my love and my gratitude for her. Lee, um, it's great that Andrew just said that the day in her in her name comes from Lady Day, comes from Billie Holiday. Um, but what was it about her? What was it about Andra Day that made her the <laughs> perfect person to play <laughs> Billie Holiday? Um, I've been asked that, and every time there's another answer, really. I mean, when you look at her spirit, her intelligence, her, uh, her knowing as a vocalist how to use her instrument uh, almost as a, a vehicle to express uh, Billie Holiday. She didn't want to do it at first, uh, and I didn't want her at first. And so, well, wait, uh, what? Wait, hold up. Wait, you didn't want uh, her at first? I didn't, no. When I didn't, I, I had some actors. She never acted before, Jonathan. So, it, you know, I had actors that, you know, that were bona fide, and I won't name them, that were, you know, coming <laughs> at me straight. But here's the thing when um, I, I, I met with her and I saw her questioning herself, I saw that she loved Billy even more than me. And, and that she wanted to honor her and that she was, uh, she wanted to do the right thing and she was terrified. And I, my guard was down and I said, okay, let me give her a shot. And then, um, and then I said, let's take this to the next level to audition. She said, well, you think I can play her really? I'm like, what do you mean? Why are you here? Why are you here? You're here to audition, right? And she said, I think so. And I, <laughs> something like that. And, <laughs> and so, um, and so the rest is history. She just, uh, she, and there, yes, it was acting, but it was a, it was a spiritual thing for her, mm -hmm. a spiritual person, you know? And so it was really, 
I honestly believe it was God working. I love your trust God today, Andrew, because that's <laughs> that's why you're here. I really believe that. And you know, if, in my introduction, I said, uh, Andrew, that your performance was so spectacular. I forgot that uh, I was watching an actor. I mean, I thought, I mean, don't, this is Billy. This is Billy Holiday. And what I'm really curious about is how. How did you prepare? How did you train to to sound like her, to get that raspy, gravelly, like down-home, warm voice that is Billie Holiday's? Uh, so I, I uh, well, Lee introduced me to, um, to Tasha Smith, who was my acting coach, and then to Tom Jones, who was my dialect coach. And he was very specific, you know, Lee's, Lee's direction starts before you get to set. So <laughs> he was very specific about the voice and really wanting the voice because, I mean, I think as we, I mean, us us be trusting each other and me trusting Lee and us getting like closer, it was also us, our love together sort of deepening for Billie Holiday. And so you sort of want all these facets of her because they make her. And so with the voice, it was so, so, so important to get that right. Also, I didn't want to play her if we weren't going to do the voice. I didn't want to hear, hearing my own voice, I just felt like, first of all, I don't like it. <laughs> so I'm still dealing with that, you know? But, but like hearing myself, it was just distracting. And I, I, and, I, and I love the sound of her voice and the different places she is. So, you know, we were just sort of trying to pinpoint as a singer, like, right, where where is she singing from? You know, and so sort of exercising the muscles to be able to grab it from a higher place. She kind of hmm. kind of talks from a higher, more shallow place. Everything is very gravelly and very broken up because of a lot of wear and tear over the years, and that was important to get as well too. Because I think if you don't hear that, you're not hearing all of the experience in her life. You're not hearing every time she shot up, every time she took a drag from a cigarette, drank something, every time she stood up to the feds, every time she you know, saying strange fruit and or was shot at or was set up, you know, or losing her mother, lose all that's on her voice. And so um, we just sort of found where does she, 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 she speak from, it's a higher tone. And, and then also she chases her breath, which was a big thing. It was finding her breath that helped us to find it. And then also mm. um, um, her laugh, her laugh was a huge thing for me that helped me to really drop into her. And then there was the physical pain. Lee about to jump into it. This I I never smoked cigarettes I, before. Let me, tell you, let me yes. tell you, she, her acting coach sent me this unbeknownst to uh, Andra, this uh, video of her preparing for the audition, and it was a metamorphosis. Jonathan, her her, mm. her body changed, her physical changed, her eyes were dead, her vocal changed and it wasn't uh it was becoming she and and, and uh it was becoming and uh i had not witnessed that and i've worked with a many young actor i mm. had not witnessed that kind of commitment to uh to the craft in my career you know and uh in my career and so i knew i was like okay well i guess you got the job <laughs> well, you know what? We've talked so much. We've talked so much um, about Andrew's singing, about Billie Holiday, and particularly about the song "Strange Fruit." Let's play a bit of that from the movie "The United States versus Billie Holiday." Southern trees, they're strange fruit. 
blood on the leaves and blood at the root black bodies swinging in the southern breeze strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees scene of the gallant south the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth scent of magnolia And the sudden smell of burning. I mean, how do yeah. you, it just, again, now, so for the audience, when I say I thought I was watching Billie Holiday, now you know what I'm talking about. And, and you know, the, the events that are depicted in the movie, they're like, they, they happened 80 years ago. And yet the movie is coming out at a very fraught time in our in American history. We are six, seven months from the the re-explosion of protests, racial justice protests and social justice protests in this country as a result of the killing of George Floyd. And I'm just wondering from each of you, I I I don't know when the filming actually happened, but I'm wondering how much of where we are as a country right now, factored into, Lee, um, your thinking of this film, and for you, Andra, the way you performed, the way you portrayed Billie Holiday. Lee, you go first. I can only do what's in my spirit, what leads me to my spirit. And I think SLP wrote this for the same reason I wanted to direct this. You know, you can't, uh, you can't, you, you feel what's in the air. And we felt that George Floyd was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. It was in my spirit. So when I did The Butler, it was really about hope. We had hope uh, in the world, in America. But with, um, you know, with this film, you know what, I haven't told you this, Andrew, but um, uh, I was on the set of uh, doing um, uh, Empire, my TV show. And uh, Taraji had a son that was 19. Terrence Howard had a son that was 19. My son was 19 at the time. We all looked at each other and all of our sons were on probation for petty stuff. Mm. And it was no coincidence that there were three men and three boys in three different parts of the world, United States, all on probation. This, that was the American, we, if we didn't have the money to uh, keep them out of jail, who knows what would have happened? So this is so I, so when when I when I did this, this was really about how we were feeling in America. How I, as a black man, I'm feeling in America. This movie 
was a call to arms. And it was a, and it was way before the George Floyd, but we saw it coming. So I didn't, it, 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 George Floyd didn't have to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. It was in the air and it was, it was, it was uh, an aerosol, uh, what was happening. You could smell it, you could feel it. So I, yeah, so that, that, that mm-hmm. is, uh, it was just in my spirit. Mm-hmm. What about for you, what about for you, Andra? Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, it's funny that Lee Lee had not mentioned that to me before, and it's really powerful because we the reality is we know what would have happened if they didn't have the money to keep them from sitting in jail, right? Because Khalif Browder was a huge inspiration for me when I was on set, you know, singing singing Strange Fruit, watching the lynching scene. You know, I can't see pictures of, and obviously we know I'm referring to Khalif Browder. Um, young kid who committed suicide if, if anybody had seen the documentary time if you've not you should definitely mm-hmm. watch it but on rikers yes on rikers who spent three years and in most of that time in solitary confinement over being accused likely falsely accused of stealing a backpack right something so petty 16 years old his entire life was taken from him i can't see pictures of him without his eyes make me cry right i i think he's more of like a prophet or an angel and maybe he was meant to be here for a short period of time but it's so powerful that he just said that because he's right. The outcome of their lives could be drastically different, particularly as young men of color, as young black men, um, if there wasn't sort of, you know, the, the financial padding to be able to get them out of jail. So uh, I, as Lee said, the reality is, you know, <clears throat> we shot this movie pre the George Floyd protest, but we did not shoot this movie pre Khalif Browder. We did not shoot this movie pre Tamir Rice, pre Trayvon Martin, pre Sandra Bland, pre Alvin Sterling, pre, you know, Eric Garner. I mean, the list goes on, right? You know, so that's, you know, as he said, it's in the air because he says this so brilliantly. I love that when people say this movie is very timely, he says it's always timely. The movie is always timely. We are still Black. We are still living in America. We are still trying to dismantle um, a, a system, right? That's people forget how sort of nebulous and how ubiquitous the word system is, a system of oppression. So, um, you know, it was it was really, and there'd be moments on set that were really eerie almost. You know, we we, we realized we were shooting in 1940, in the 40s, late 40s. Um, but we'd look around and say, wow, this is, you could just put regular clothes on us and, you know, a t-shirt and it would be, you know, 2019, which is when we were shooting. So I think that that's um, really what it shows is, the strides that our ancestors like Billy Holiday made. Um, so it shows the distance that we have come. It also shows the closeness that we're still at. And so we still have a lot of work to do. And um, that was very mm-hmm. motivating. You know, it, it makes me wonder, um, given that I love the way you put that lead, that it was an aerosol. In, yeah. in, it's just an aerosol. Um, how much uh, of a role do you think the arts can play, and particularly this film can play in bringing back that hope um, that you were talking about that was in the air when you did the Butler Lee. Is it possible for us to get hope to be a part of the aerosol, or is the message of the movie um, so intense, so fraught, that it's really more of a warning than anything else? You know, it's interesting, art changes the world. Art changes politics. And that's the reason why they wanted to shut Billy down because they knew that uh, those words, blood on the leaves and blood at the root, they knew that those lyrics would shut 
people down. I didn't understand those words until until I read the script all these years, how powerful they were. Uh, it, they're ugly. And I think that, uh, you know, we have to, um, this is, we have so much work to do and it's not gonna be done in our lifetime. We are at war, this country. And I, I think that we're finally looking at the, at the war. We, we've been in denial that the, America's been in, in denial about the war that we really are at in with each other. So uh, I don't think it's gonna happen in my lifetime. Maybe mm. it'll happen in my grandkids' lifetime. But unless we do the work, we are, uh, we are a country at war. What do you think about that, Andra? Are we a country at war or are we a country at war that is turning a corner uh, given the ubiquity of the protests, given the 2020 election results and what that says about the change that the country wanted? Are we turning a corner or are we really in the, in the middle of a war that won't possibly see an end until maybe your grandkids are our okay. ages? Um, I, I mean, I think that, right, I think that there's a tide even in war, right, you know, and so I, I do think that seeing these protests is sort of a part of that tide and a part of, you know, turning that corner, but we have seen protests before. We've seen, you know, I think what's promising about these is seeing the global look, right, you know, it's, it's a different time that we're in when we're protesting now, right, and we, we're, we're smaller globally, essentially, we're interconnected, we have access to each other and to all of this information, and Things are more visible now, which I believe is 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 definitely um, something that's hopeful. But we are at war, and the way I look at it is that you know Brian Stevenson puts this so beautifully: we won the civil war, right? But we lost the narrative war, and that is so 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 important. And it goes back to your point of art. Art, as Lee said, can change the world. It can change the tide of things. And unless we take control of that narrative, of our narratives, of the narrative of America, you know. You can't, even people who want to sit in their racism, you know, you don't know the true history of your nation if you do not know black history, if you do not know marginalized people's history. We are not just our history, we are American history and we're world history. And so I think the narrative war is hugely important. And that's why as artists, we have to take hold of our stories. We have to tell the truth about Billie Holiday's life. We cannot let organizations like the Federal Bureau of Narcotics or the FBI continue to control these narratives. That's something that J. Edgar Hoover and Harry J. Anslinger and the like were masterful at. And so, you know, I always go back to what happened when I first saw Hidden Figures. I, do you know what it would have done to me as a young black girl to know that three black women were largely responsible for getting us to space and programming the first computer, or that Carver was not just the peanut butter man, but he actually saved this country from spiraling deeper into depression into destruction or that, um, you know, Lafayette, a, a brave slave at the time was in the war fighting, infiltrated the enemy camp and, and, and sort of rerouted them. And that's what netted us our freedom in America. That's huge. You know, you, you need to know the, the depth of people's struggle and you need to know the breadth of their contribution in order to, to have truth and to have healing. And so, yes, we are absolutely at war. I think we will see tides and things change, but we have to get a hold of that narrative war. It's imperative for us to, 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 to move forward and to heal. All right, we we have less than two minutes left, and at the um, you know, you know, not to get you to repeat yourselves, but I would love for each of you to answer this one question as briefly as you could, and that as briefly as you can, and that is, if there is one message you wanted audiences 
to take away from the United States versus Billie Holiday, what would it be? Andrew Day. Uh, I think first, I the, the, the big message is that you need to know the truth that Billie Holiday was the godmother of the civil rights movement as we know it today. And so we should be saying thank you to her. And then I think to, to piggyback off of that, what Billy would want is to now for us to go look at other people's stories, is to excavate, you know, and to, to find more stories. You know, the, the world went crazy last year when they found out Beethoven was African, right? You know, why has there been such a desperate, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, a desire to suppress our stories or to, to tell untruths about our narratives, you know? And so, the idea is to do what we did, pop the top off, tell more and more and more. There should be a flood of black and marginalized people's stories because we have not historically told them or told the truth about it. So I want them to say thank you to her and I want them to continue to seek out the truth as she lived her life, you know. Mm -hmm. Lee Daniels? Uh, take the blinders off. Take the blinders mm -hmm. off and um, understand that we have work to do. If Billie Holiday could do this work, she didn't really look at herself as an activist. She just was, she was doing the right thing. And I think that she had the blinders off. She was doing the right thing. We gotta take these, take these blinders off. And even if it's painful, do the right thing. I love what they did of recent going into the streets. This, that's the right thing to do. And, uh, just if, if Billie Holiday could do that, we um, this woman could, this black woman could do that. Then, what can we do now? And with that, we have run out of time. We're gonna have to leave it there. Lee Daniels, so great to see you again, even if it's in a little box, virtually. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew Day, seriously, uh, congratulations on this movie. Wonderful to meet you. Honored to meet you. Congratulations to you both on the United States versus Billy Holiday. Thank you, sir. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Come back to Washington Post Live tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for a very special Washington Post Live with Ava DuVernay, the award-winning director behind the movie Selma and A Wrinkle in Time, the fabulous documentary 13th and many other works you don't want to miss it once again i'm jonathan capehart opinion writer for the washington post thank you for tuning in to washington post live thanks for listening to cape up tune in every tuesday you can find us on apple podcasts and stitcher and how about doing me a huge favor subscribe rate and review us i'm jonathan capehart of the washington post you can find me on twitter at capehartj